Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Evil Men. <laughs> Wow, Chris, I lo- like as we're getting you know past episode 100, you're, the variation you're putting on the Evil Men intros is really cool. I'm really starting to enjoy it and look forward to it. Thank you very much. I try to give it a little lemon zest every time, some sort mm. of twist, maybe a orange peel, maybe extra olive juice. Try it's, to dirty it up. What it is is jazz, and you never perform it the same way twice, <laughs> and you're always reinventing the wheel. Uh, you're always adding a little something new to it, and I think that's what listeners love. Uh, I think you just described what all three of us do every episode. <laughs> Wait, what note is that? And Mike, didn't you play trumpet or something? The trombone tuba, sir. Nice. So you actually know what you're doing with those lips. That's right, sir. I played trombone too. (laughs) (laughs) I did in grade seven. Can you guys explain to me? Because I I look at a guy playing a trumpet and I go, that can't be hard. Trombone. Or or trombone, I guess. But then when I've actually blown in one, it just goes like... (laughs) (laughs) You, sir, obviously don't know how to form the embouchure correctly. Which is the shape that you have to force your lips into. That's true. To play a brass instrument. You think I was doing a farting noise, but I was teaching you how to play. Is that really what you do into the... Yeah, you have to like learn how to like form your lips into the embouchure to uh, get the right flow of air into the mouthpiece to play a brass instrument. Wow. Uh, Listeners uh, who know, know. Could you show? I know the audience can't see, but... Well, I'm, all you have to do to make an embouchure, put your lips together and blow. Uh, <laughs> to paraphrase a famous line from cinema. Um, something like, I mean, I haven't played trombone or tuba in a while, but it's something like... Okay. You basically it looks make like your you're lips into the blowing. shape of an anus. <laughs> <laughs> it did look like your mouth was a little anus. <laughs> oh, my God. That's a good way to think of it. So could and you then put the a trumpet whiskers up to your, on your ass? Your mouth, around your mouth looked like hair around the anus hole. Yes. Yeah. And that's jazz. Could you... Could you <laughs> If you so maybe you could play out your ass. I mean, you'd have to have eaten quite a big burrito before you did that. When someone's like <laughs> rambling on too much, they sh- we should create an expression that where they say, "Am I playing too much jazz out my ass?" <laughs> <laughs> mm? Share it, pass it along. <laughs> That's neat. I didn't know we had two. Um, Brass instrument guys here. Well, I so gave it up pretty fast as a kid. Oh, really? Not as soon cool? as I saw a girl, I <laughs> threw it into the woods. I threw my trombone into a ditch in the woods. <laughs> I guess not a sexy instrument. Saxophone is pretty sexy, but not... Well, trombone, and you'd call it a boner as a joke. Yeah. Uh, and I've you make the slide go up and down, so you can extend it to its max yeah. extension. And you have to lose. And I believe it. that's the D note. I forget. It's been so long. Probably not. They, Probably an E. Did you have to like? It, they sell trombone lube that you'd have to slot like lube yeah, up the slide so that's they right. can move freely and easily. No and, way. and there's spit. So there's, there's a lot of goo valve. and liquid oh, yeah. involved. It's literally like you're fucking. Yeah. <laughs> so you're on your end. You're, you've got liquids and goo on the trombone, and then when when uh, a lady sees you, then there are other liquids that get going because it's so attractive to see a man <laughs> playing trombone. <laughs> Yeah. 
<laughs> there's there's really good porn out there too if you you're interested james where it's like a man a woman and a trombone in a bed i could yeah. definitely see for the guy you could stick your you know what in the entrance of the trombone the bell well either either the mouthpiece or the big hole depending on the size of your you know woo. yeah i yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know what I think a drawback of an instrument like the guitar is, or the drums? Not enough spit There's no and spit involved. Yes. <laughs> so they should make some sort of attachment to the guitar or the drums <laughs> where you can sort of drool or spit while you're playing and then press a button to release it like with a trombone or a trumpet. So, yeah, could you explain the spit valve? You, you, you're, you're playing the... the it's disgusting. It, how does it work? As you're playing, a little bit of moisture obviously is coming out of your mouth It goes through blowing. the whole horn. But if you don't release the spit valve you'll start hearing like a bubbling sound in the instrument while oh, like playing. a witch's cauldron yeah oh, so you just scary press the button and then the spit just comes out Ew. and then on the floor that's jazz yeah <laughs> i never told you guys this but one time just in 1991 uh never mind was just about to blow up <laughs> big trumpet album. yeah no but i was watching i got front row to the concert and i was right in front of kurt cobain and i saw him shredding and and massacring his guitar squelching feedback all this great stuff proto grunge before i knew we knew anything was gonna blow up but i yelled at him how do you fuck that thing (laughs) and then i showed him my trombone (laughs) now this is an instrument Mm. anyways wow and then he died yeah did you smash the trombone like he did yeah. with the guitars? I don't think a lot of trombone. And then the players. tuba went. <laughs> 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 That's a French horn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're like those guys that play the Super Mario theme song like on the street corner. <laughs> but it's all funky. <laughs> That's Mike beatboxing, everybody. Sometimes Thank people you. on Discord get our jokes mixed up of who said the joke. Yeah. And as a narcissist, mm. it ma- hurts my feelings. Oh. Get the joke teller's name right. <laughs> we all can beatbox. That was Mike this well, time. I don't think I can. Yes, you can. Do it right now. That's uh that's yeah, that's the one thing I can do. Um, did you ever see Nirvana play the Super Mario Brothers song live? No. It was really cool. Hi. Yeah, yeah. Like it's the underground part. Yeah. I'm underground. Did Kurt live to see Super Mario three? He must have, but maybe not Mario Kart. Yeah, that's a great question. Just before Mario Kart came out, so he died in ninety four. Yeah, Mario three. I want to say came out in maybe 1990 89 right he might have actually Kurt Cobain may have seen Super Mario World the first <laughs> big Mario game on Super Nintendo yeah oh, he might have yeah that's tough we should look it up but he Gotta didn't get see to Metal bottom. Gear uh, <laughs> Solid, Solid 2 no two. Okay. no 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 All right. I remember Dave Grohl and Christ Novoselic <laughs> saying on like an MTV award show that they wish Kurt Cobain could have 
played Mario Kart with them. <laughs> 1990. What? Super Mario World? No, wait. Well, there was a Super Mario World on Game Boy, I think. Um, 91 was Super yeah. Mario World. There was Super Mario Land on Game Boy. Oh, okay. I'm getting the two mixed up. Yeah. I beat both of them. Do 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 do. Did he ever live to see uh, GTA Seattle, where instead of committing crimes, you just have to sort of <laughs> slump around in the rain and, and buy heroin and be sad? Hey, <laughs> Starbucks is taking everything over. Yeah. Uh, GTA Seattle, GTA set in Seattle. 1991. That yes. would be amazing. That's a good idea. You have to buy all this cocaine off of Allison Chains. <laughs> <laughs> Ow! Hey! Ow! Hey! <laughs> they should have made a song together, eh? Like Temple of the Dog style. Yeah. Do their signature sound. Ouch. Wait, what was, um, what was uh, Chris Cornell's like signature sound? Would you say? Hmm. Spoon. Spoon. Yeah, like some really high. <laughs> yeah. You've reached Chris. <laughs> Leave your message after the spoon. Spoon. <laughs> hey! Ow! <laughs> but <laughs> but then it's like a <laughs> it's kind of that right yeah <laughs> but then we need an Eddie Vedder too like, <laughs> <laughs> so this is the grunge sounds hey ow <laughs> <laughs> it sounds Smoke like animals murdered <laughs> those are the sounds of the grunge birds <laughs> sit in the tree outside at night. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was thinking of Jesus Christ pose where he's like, I feel I'm going insane or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. That song fucking rules. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, is anyone listening to this podcast? Do you like what just happened? Send us a tweet, James. First of all, may I say you're looking well, and I'm glad that you're here with us this week. Thank you. And I think you're saying that because I had to postpone the episode. Thanks for accommodating me. Yes. Because I had a stomach... I'm going to say stomach flu? Stomach bug? We got a text that... I don't know how you felt, Chris, but when I got the text, my heart started pounding, I was sweating, and I pray, I got to my knees and I prayed. Because you, James, <laughs> you told us that you were sick, you were nauseous, you were barfing, you couldn't, uh, no. you couldn't keep water down at one point? Um, yeah, I mean, everything... It was bad. I woke up Monday morning and... I, you know, had went to the bathroom and it was not good. And then I started throwing up and that was not good. This is like Did a Garfield. Did you grow up and have diarrhea at the same time? Not the same moment, but the same period. Yes, I've in done a major that way. The same moment. I was shitting diarrhea into my parents' uh, toilet while I was barfing into their bidet. <laughs> really? But that was because of alcohol. Oh no, Southern Comfort. Were Jesus. you like 17 or something? <laughs> like 15. <laughs> <laughs> Who barfed in the bidet? <laughs> you should have pooed in the bidet and barfed in the toilet so you could turn on the bidet and w- wipe your bum. I didn't ha- think. Yeah. I, my brain No, was fair. That's broken. totally fair. I'm sorry to steal <clears throat> no. s- the light from your Not at all. story. No. So you, you had the worst case of the really Mondays. Oh, imagine. You that's what imagine. you were going to say. I cut you off. You're going to say a great Garfield reference. No. <laughs> 
Um, oh, you were going to say a great Garfield reference, and I just walked in there and talked about shitting in Garfield. <laughs> well, I was going to say, remember that well, classic Garfield um, cartoon where Garfield, he's like, it's Monday, and he's just shitting and barfing? Yeah. <laughs> That's like what you did, James. And yes. then John is barfing, too, because Garfield's shit is so disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was about four hours. I was lying there, like kind of writhing. I was so nauseous. Like a snake. It was horrible. Yeah, like a snake or a little worm. Oh. And then uh, snake. took a couple gravel and I slept from like 1 p.m. to 7 p.m. Whoa. And I was so tired. I woke up a couple hours and then slept all night. And uh, yeah, I feel like I like honestly lost weight just from two days of not eating. Yeah, you look great. Thank you. Yeah, well, stomach bug. Husband flu. Husband flu. Yeah, but I feel better today. I'm I'm still at like low energy and a little bit. Uh, I feel like slightly weakened by this biatch of a bug. Well, go to the doctor. No, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, saying that you lost weight from shitting and barfing for days yeah. and sleeping for for <laughs> half a day. Mm. Uh, that I have a weird way cool or whatever. Based oh, on that. but it's not that. It's not as funny as. Me talking like Ronald Reagan before going to the bathroom. No, I, I'd like to hear it. It's just a super, oh, super, super regular thing. But don't checking so out the modest. Discord when people talk about them, they're pretty regular for the most part. Yeah, right? absolutely. So let's do a... Weird or way cool or whatever. All right. Okay, mine is just like you reminded me because <clears throat> I'm doing this today, but... I lost a bunch of weight uh, a year ago, mm. and so luckily when that happened, uh, more than a year ago, but luckily when that happened, my pant size, waist size, went from 36 to 34. Mm. So I've been wearing 34, but I still have a favorite pair of 36s <laughs> in my drawer, mm. and I dug them out today because I was craving wearing like loose baggy jeans, baggier jeans. Um, but this is the part that I think might be weird, uh, myself is now I'm paranoid that my body will be like, Oh, I see that's how it is. And then put the weight back on to fit my 36 jeans better. (laughs) But I just want baggy loose jeans. So what do you guys think? Is that a weird thing to fixate on? I think this might be my first ever weird ruling. I've probably done it before, but I'm going to say that's weird. I'm nervous not... that my body will grow back <laughs> into my bigger jeans. It doesn't make sense. If you let your body and your jeans have a sort of conversation going and yeah. your jeans sort of... Uh, coax coax yeah. your belly, like coax a belly to be... Your body wants to impress the jeans and get... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> huh. I've never heard of that kind of thing before. Like in your sleep, you notice your hand <laughs> grabbing like, <laughs> like donuts to, that's yeah. you're eating and you're like, wait, what the hell is going on? Yeah. And the jeans, jeans. are like... <laughs> jeans are like, yeah, take a bite. There's a pair yeah. of jeans. Fit using, me better. The jeans are using one of its legs to grab a donut and push it into your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like just tacos start showing up in my pockets. <laughs> Pocket tacos. What the hell? And then my jeans titter. <laughs> Uh, well, so these my, are the jeans you're wearing now. Yeah, they're a bit like you can tell yeah, they're a bit us. like you know. They look comfortable. I got a belt on, so but you I, know what I mean. Oh yeah, a bit, lot, lot of room in and the these crotch. Are your favorite ones. Yeah, you can see my big dick swinging around <laughs> inside there. Well, <laughs> they look great. I don't have a, but yeah. what the <laughs> scenario that you've presented us with it reminds me of like a 
totally fucked up Twilight Zone episode. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Which I think is cool. So I'm gonna The say, Magic Jeans. The <laughs> Magic Jeans. I think it's way cool. Thanks. I don't think it's weird. <laughs> I think it's way cool. Because it's a cool fantasy story. It's very cool fantasy. And, you know, no, how do we know? These jeans are making me bigger. Yeah. How do we know items and objects don't speak when we're not around? You know what? I could there see like an ironic adult cartoon called like guy and his jeans and yeah. it's you and jeans and your jeans talk to you well remember jared from subway when he was showing how oh, much i love that he... guy stop following what happened to him like 10 years ago yeah i i love that guy i don't know what was there any either. new news about it? i don't know i think he lost weight and then he just got into acting and now he's on a tv show <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. We don't like him. No, but when he was wearing his ex big shoes or jeans, <laughs> I lost weight, weight on my feet. <laughs> he has tiny hoof-like feet now. <laughs> the bottom of his feet, the arches of his feet, lost their belly. <laughs> uh, no, I was like, look out, Jared! You grow back into those jeans. Take them off. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think when the Jared news broke that the subway like board of directors met and were like? We, we hire up. an assassin. Like, <laughs> we can have a mini like, Evil Man episode in the intro right now. Talk about him because I actually don't know exactly what happened to him. I don't think I know the specifics either. But he—it's underage yeah. girls he was trying to date or boys. I'm not sure exactly. Do you know yes. James? I, I hate to <clears throat> to get the um, facts wrong in this case. Of I mean, Jared Fogel. I can Google it. I, I just know. Was he looking for a meatball sub <laughs> or a cold cut? <laughs> Let me look it up. But you 12 inch? <laughs> the macadamia <laughs> nut cookies have never tasted the same ever since those charges <laughs> and that criminal case happened. Yeah. That's the only time a uh, disgusting pervert has ever gone into a subway. <laughs> but do you remember in the wake of the Jared Fogel pedophile charges? Oh, yeah. That's the, his name, Fogel. There was a press conference, remember? Ronald McDonald and Grimace were there, the Burger King. Yeah. Dave Thomas from Wendy's, and they all signed an agreement where they stated like we all only love full-grown women yeah i believe even the uh the spokesman for uh keith's beer was there too <laughs> but then he had to recant that later and go to jail himself do you want to know a, a, sorry, very, folks. a very brief history of jared yes yeah well, let's have a little mini evil man up at the, off the top hey james james a brief history of Jared Fogel. <laughs> Stephen Hawking. Oh. <laughs> a brief history of Jared Fogel. That's better. <clears throat> he was born in 1977. In the a black hole. The Blue Jays. <laughs> in Indianapolis. Wow. That is, isn't that where uh, the Jacksons and David Letterman are from? That is a good point. Or is point. that Gary, Indiana? Am I totally getting it wrong? Huh. He. Yeah. I think Gary Indiana is David Letterman. Uh, when he was young, he had a bar mitzvah in a conservative reconstructionist synagogue. Well, okay. Graduated high school in Indianapolis in uh, 2000. And basically, when he was a student at Indi- Indiana University, he lost 245 pounds, having frequented Subway as part of his diet plan. So he was hired to help advertise the company the following year. His popularity led to him being featured in over 300 commercials. How much weight did he lose years. from Subway? I don't get that. 245 That's pounds. Fucked How up. did he lose weight from that? He didn't get the stomach staple thing? How did he gain that weight, first of all? Apparently, That's... lack of exercise and eating junk food. <laughs> right. So he, oh, re- so, so he wasn't a gym rat all that time? <laughs> 
So apparently when Jared was really big, he was eating 10,000 calories a day. No. And he replaced it with one small turkey sub and one large veggie sub, along with some baked potato chips and a diet soda. Wait, he still ate chips when and he lost 200 yeah. pounds? Wow. That's a kind of nice thing, I guess, if you really weigh a lot. You I'm only have- eating baked potato chips now every day. <laughs> <laughs> so he ate almost 10,000 calories a day, you said. That's like two kids. Uh, that is true. <laughs> yeah, like when he lost 240 whatever, was he still kind of big? Like That's well, a lot. Yeah. Um, in 2002, Fogel was the subject of an episode of South Park titled Jared Has AIDS, spelled A-I-D-E-S. Fogel has stated that while the episode had tasteless humor, uh, he was very flattered that South Park made an episode about him. (laughs) And he must have been uh, breathing a sigh of relief that that's all they did when they made fun of him. And they didn't have other information? Well, in 2017, after his child pornography conviction, Hmm. um, a South Park video game did make him a final boss (laughs) in the game. South Park (laughs) loved this guy. Hmm. Um, So, oh, Chris, get this. (laughs) <laughs> in 2008, sub- a subway campaign called Tour de Pants celebrated Fogel maintaining his weight loss for a decade. As part of the campaign, Fogel made an, an announcement that he would retire his pair of 62-inch pants to a museum at the end of the tour. What museum is it? I don't know. The ROM? I don't know. Did they put his Oof. jeans on a dinosaur? <laughs> <laughs> um... 62 inches, that is... That's a big waist. Actually... No shame. No shame. Okay, and I want to say, too, yeah, no body shaming at all. Big is beautiful as well. I'm just paranoid because of my health issues, and my wife also says I have body dysmorphia, and I fixate on it too much. So I might have a mental illness in regards to it, and that's why I'm scared that these size 36 jeans are going to ruin my life, <laughs> even though they're so baggy and cozy. Well, can I say, I think mm. I know but what... But I can't imagine 62 inches. That's a big, that's a big size that's for jeans. That's a big jeans, gene. But hey, yeah. live how you want to live. I feel like you have to make those jeans yourself. I think they're on display currently in a museum that also has uh, Gary Glitter's stage outfits and Jeffrey Jones's uh, costume from Ferris Bueller. (laughs) It's a very elite uh, (laughs) museum. It's an online museum on the dark web. Yeah. Um, So 2004, he he started like a foundation to raise awareness about childhood obesity. (laughs) And in 2015, the director of the Jared Foundation was arrested at his Indianapolis home on charges of child pornography so that's not jared stuff. that's another guy too but so this is so they in really bad stuff oh, and God. then fogel severed all ties um did he vote for trump too <laughs> yeah what the hell and i mean i guess from there uh, i mean he got think- he got arrested it's okay you don't have yeah, to we don't need to get into the details. nasty details Do you guys they're pretty think, bad is there a that way sucks. back for jared to Redeem himself and once again become the subway spokesperson? Well, you know, if you're Quiznos, you got to think. Like, it's like buying low on a stock. Like, Yeah, but you, Quiznos is gone now. I never see Quiznos. It? You're probably right. And they didn't even have a fucking pedophile as their spokesperson. <laughs> Speaking of being sick, I think I got... <laughs> yeah, what the hell? <laughs> I think I got food poisoning from Quiznos once. Like old oh, shit. warm mayonnaise on my sandwich or something. I used to get tuna Quiznos subs and 
Me too. Oh, they were good, but also looking back, gross. it's quite a roll of the dice. Yes. The whole yeah. thing was like, just wait, we're toasting it. <laughs> hey, stop pressuring me. You're making me feel uncomfortable. Stop watching the toasting machine. <laughs> beep beep. <laughs> Before we get to our evil man this week, yeah, I I think I'm bad at doing ads for things. I no, I messed no it up way. last week, and I no. think you should do it, Chris. You're just a I don't know. You're better at this. Ladies and gentlemen, listen to this. We are actually the three evil men, Mike, James, and I, Chris are recording once again at Sophia's wonderful store called Ba Bazaar, right here in the junction in Toronto, 406 Pacific Avenue. And it is a great store. Past guests have come in and purchased items while they're here because they're like, wow, look at this. Hey, look at that. Look at that. That's neat. So come on down to Ba Bazaar if you're in Toronto, especially the junction area. There's so much neat uh, stuff here. Oh, I, I, what would you describe it as, guys? Tea? Interesting. Country style, but with an urban twist. Home decor. And also books. Clothing. Special candles. Well, I, I can't believe my damn eyes. There's a candle of a frog wearing a top hat. And what's sticking out the top of his top hat? A big red candle. You know what? This store, if you had a birthday or... Uh, a birthday for someone coming up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A gift you need to... This is a perfect store to come to. Grab a gift. Here you go. It's really original, unique. Yes. Stuff. I'm really taken by that frog man in the top hat candle holder. Reminds me of Wind in the Willows. Yes. Oh, yeah. Also, over your shoulder, James, there is a candle that looks like a head of cabbage that I'm looking at. And, fellas, if you're looking to ask a woman out mm-hmm. or a man out, <laughs> a special someone, a non binary mm-hmm. crush out. Come to Babazar, buy this candle that looks like a cabbage head. Mm-hmm. Give it to the object of your affection. Next thing you know, wedding bells, I bet. Let's say the person you're dating has nothing in their apartment. One chair, pizza box, uh, one milk crate, mm-hmm. an old TV. Living like Osama bin Laden. Living his, like Osama bin Laden. In his compound. In his Osama bin Laden in hiding, Yeah. One sleeping bag, some mustard and orange juice in the fridge, and that's it. And you show up with a cabbage-shaped candle to decorate their apartment. They would be so happy. Their eyes would go wide and they'd start covering you in kisses and hugs. But honestly, this store <laughs> has it all. And don't forget, Sophia still has her company, presentdaygifts.ca, and you can use the promo code EVILMEN to get gift baskets from them as well. But what I like about Bob Bazaar, it's like the whole store is a fun array of almost like present-day gift-style gift basket um, knickknacks and fun stuff. You're you're exactly right. Perfect for a birthday party mm-hmm. or uh, yeah, a one-off gift for a person whose apartment is drab and boring. They also sell hats. Thanks so much, Sophia, for having us again. You're the best. And guys, this entrepreneur, she she knows what's hot. Damn, that was good. You are good. Um, I just want to mention also that we have a Patreon. At patreon.com slash evilmen. Check it out. If you sign up for a few small dollars a month, you get two bonus episodes a month. Mm-hmm. We Our last uh, bonus episode, we talked at length about the Candiru fish. Yes. The fish that 
legend says swims up your urethra. Yes. And we just recorded a very special bonus episode for patrons only. We sat with the one and only former Nazi SS soldier <laughs> Yaroslav Hunka. He's going to be a future guest on a bonus episode. He was given a standing ovation in Canada's House of Commons, and we gave him a standing ovation when he entered the podcast studio to talk to us. Okay. Here's a hint of how that goes. Most of our questions go like this. Why'd you do it? <laughs> Um, and also, if you sign up, you get to join our Discord, uh, which is very fun. So check it out. Patreon.com slash evil men. Beep, beep. <laughs> beep, beep. <laughs> James, the eyes of the world and the ears of the nation are on you, and they all have one question inside of their mind. Who did you pick to be this week's evil man, James? Well, Mike, this week's evil man talks a little biddle like thisy wissy. I'm talking about Mr. Charisma, Mr. Earthy, mystical comedian, Russell Brand. Boo. Boo. But also, yay, James, that was really good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yay to you, boo to him. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Yay to you, boo to him. Russell Brand. I mean, yeah, he's in the news, so... If I have to admit, I haven't kept up with the story that much, no. so this will be interesting to me, but I've already not liked him. I was considering this week between Russell Brand and Paul Pot, because a guy <laughs> tweeted at us suggesting that, and right. because I got sick, uh, I decided to do Russell Brand. You were too sick for Paul Pot. A little easier to research. I feel if Russell Brand came to, to Canada's House of Commons <laughs> right now... That he would get a full standing ovation from the all of the government officials. <laughs> well, he, he does have an interesting story, Mr. Brand. Um, Let's do it. In the news. Whoa. In the news these days. Absolutely. Um, well, let, let me tell you a little bit about him. What were you saying, Chris? Well, which he loves. This guy loves. He's a media whore. Right? No question. He needs to be talking to a camera. 24-7. He must mm -hmm. be insufferable in person, considering how mm -hmm. much he needs the limelight, it seems. Right. Narcissist. <laughs> I bet. Uh, so he was born in 1975 in Essex. He was the only child of an actress named Barbara Nichols. Do you know who that is? I'm really ignorant about older movie stars. No. I just thought of Barbara Steele, for all my horror fans out there. Mm. Star of something or other. But I'm not sure about Barbara Nichols Who, um, just yet. The other, uh, I was scrolling on Reddit yesterday, and an old um, photo of Pam Greer popped up. This is just apropos of nothing, just an actress from the 70s. And yep. Hello! Yep. Wow. <laughs> what a beautiful lady. <laughs> Thank you, Pam Greer, for all those fun action films of the 1970s. Anyway, um, so Russell was a child of, of an actress, and his father left when he was very young. Um, his mother was diagnosed with cancer when he was eight, so he went to live with relatives for a while. Um, it seems like it was a bit troubled for him in his childhood. He developed bulimia. Um, when he was 16, he left home because of disagreements with his mother's partner, and uh, Brand got uh, started on illegal drugs, such as cannabis. Mm -hmm. Looking at you, Chris. Amphetamines. Oh, shit. <laughs> LSD. 
and ecstasy. And he was he was like a, a a big boy. Yeah, he was a chunky boy, right? Which you'd never think to look at him now. You know, with all that yoga he does and all the well, probably probably his uh, his nerves keep him up at night and burn a lot of uh, energy, a lot of calories. Too many lollies. Too many lollies. Um. Brand says he has a, had a strange relationship with his father, who he <laughs> saw sporadically, and who took him to visit sex workers during a trip to Thailand when Brand was a teenager. Yeah. Now, oh, crap. You know, maybe seeing the seeds of uh, perhaps, yeah, sowing the seeds of someone who might get into trouble later in life, I guess, if you're taking your teen son to Thailand to have sex for money, you know? Maybe yes. you might be, I don't know, creating a bad scenario for it this. It sounds like uh, what uh, Anthony Kiedis' dad did to him. Right. So sometimes when like, okay. I'm never, I'll say it right now. Yeah. I am never going to hire a sex worker for my son if I ever have one. Well, you say that yeah. now, but when, if you're blessed with the miracle of fatherhood, who knows what'll happen when your beautiful son turns 14, 15, 16? <laughs> I just don't see it. You guys? Have sex with the nice lady, son. <laughs> no, I don't think that's right. I have two daughters, uh, so it'd be a bit different. But uh, <laughs> no. I'm sure you can still bring them to Thailand to a, a man's uh, brothel. Are there brothels just of men? Um, I think there are. I mean, I'm not saying you I mean, should. I'm just saying it's... <laughs> Thailand is yeah. known for, and I know this is not the proper nomenclature. Nomenclature? Play nomenclature <laughs> of North America and how we uh, respectfully talk about uh, trans people here. But mm. before we made the movement more clear, uh, <laughs> lady boys in Thailand they're popular for that right now I have two daughters and I, when they were young teens if I took them to lose their virginity to lady boys in Thailand right. I really don't think that would help anything moving forward with their uh, intimate life you know what Chris well, well, well said. said really well said and like, as you noticed <laughs> I thought hard about each <laughs> phrase I tried to use. No, that had to be said, and you said it well. You, you've been listening to Father's Corner. <laughs> Chris should have a segment called Father's Corner. I don't think I'm going to take my daughters to Thailand to have them lose their virginity to ladyboys. I just don't think I will. <laughs> no, it's. It, I totally get it, and I completely back you up on that. Yeah. Thanks. Oh. Yeah, because it's hard these days to put your, you know, stick in the sand and say I'm not passing this. Mm -hmm. Right. And you risk not being a cool dad if you sort of, you know, create sure, clear boundaries. I'm sure my daughters will complain about it. Yeah. And yeah. give me a hard time, like all teens. Oh yeah. When are, can't we go to Bangkok, Dad? Please. No. All my other friends are going to Bangkok. Yeah, for their sweet what? 16. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you're 18, you can go to Thailand and do whatever the heck you want. But not until then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So Russell Brand's dad was fucking poison. It certainly sounds like it to me. Go have fun, eh, son? <laughs> um, I'm sure gross. this won't make you a weirdo. <laughs> I don't know why he's Australian, but there you go. That's good. People who are oversexed, like people like 
clearly Russell, like publicly oversexed, like Russell Brand and Anthony Kiedis. Yeah. Uh, it's not, it sucks that it's not surprising that they had a parent. Yeah. Like warp them when it was, they maybe should have just waited. I mean, if there's one sort of consistent theme of a lot of evil men, it's uh, they, they did have sometimes upsetting weird childhoods. Yeah. It's a real thing. Yeah. It drives you in a direction. Yeah. Bloody hell. Bloody hell, eh? Um, so Mr. Brand went to private school and he was expelled for drug use and poor attendance. Um, and he did say he was abused by a tutor at the school Jesus. in a sex way. So, again, a lot of laying down some... It seems like he had a troubled youth, for sure. Yeah. Um, so, where did he learn all the... Uh, huge words that he peppers his lectures with. Yes. Oh, I'll answer that. Charles Dickens, David Copperfield. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he's like a oversexed, drug addicted little Dickensian character, yeah. isn't he? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but Russell got into comedy. He got into comedy. And uh, Mike, you were just there. He started doing the Edinburgh Fringe. <gasps> oh. And he kind of blew up there. Um, yeah. Uh, when he was 25, he did this show at Edinburgh Fringe, <laughs> and a writer for the website Chortle said that most of his set was oversimplified political stuff, but that he had a magnetic charisma that made even mm. predictable material appealing. Uh, yeah, that's how I would put it. And especially, like, I guess you'll get to it, but it's funny, like, we were talking about before we started recording the shifts in like public personas he had in the last mm-hmm. like five years or so. The first one was fighting for the working man. Remember yes. that? He seemed very, that very was the most left wing. Yeah. That was the most verbose basic ideas I've ever heard. Do you know what I mean? The most ornately decorated verbose. So he was just basic, doing basic simple stuff ideas, like, you know, we should be better to poor people. Yeah. And stuff like yeah, that. There pretty shouldn't much. be war. But he sounded like a like a furious thesaurus that was like yeah. <laughs> someone would like drop down the stairs. He would have been able to say nomenclature like so easily. Yeah. Oh, like he doesn't even have to think about it. Drop of a hat. Yeah. Drop of a tab of acid. <laughs> Let's get back to him as a teen. So um <laughs> just joking. He starts he starts blowing up. He starts doing nationwide tools. In December 2007, nice. he performed for Queen Elizabeth II and Prince Philip. Wow, they must have been. <laughs> did he have thrilled. sex with her? I don't have a he did. confirmation he on did. that, but a little birdie told me that they did 69. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Um, now that she's passed on, she's, yeah. we can make let up the sex secrets. fantasies about her come out a lot more now. Yeah, maybe there'll be some. Uh, diaries or like memoirs published and Prince Philip too yeah 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 you know he probably had some exciting trysts in the think about in some chamber in the castle think about those giant palatial bedrooms where it's just like they need to do it in there you what wouldn't it be neat to do it in some giant palatial bed squeaking and echoing oh oh I'm loving this oh oh darling that's Prince (laughs) Philip and he's just fucking an onion (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Philip, what are you doing? Oh, it's nothing, dear. It's not an onion. 
<laughs> is it an onion again? <laughs> <laughs> you like that onion more than you like me, Philip. Anyway, <laughs> this is like uh, an episode of Spitting Image that was too hot for TV. Yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, uh, so he performed for the Queen and Philip. Yeah, he, he uh, <laughs> later on, he had another huge comedy tour called Messiah Complex, where he tackled topics like advertising, <laughs> the laws on drug addiction, and the portrayal of heroes such as Gandhi, Che Guevara, Malcolm X, and Jesus, and how he, in comically contrived ways, is similar to them. But he, that's pretty ballsy. He that does you're saying think you're, that you're similar to Malcolm X, Gandhi, and Jesus. All, all those men were forced to lose their virginity in a <laughs> Thailand brothel by their fathers. <laughs> that's true. That's very true. Gondo. Um. So, <laughs> Brand's first kind of like good job, I guess, was he um, was a video journalist for MTV in 2000. Nice. So I've heard, I, I knew that he did that. And I, I remember reading or hearing an interview with him talking about that. I think he was like a full-blown like heroin addict while he was hosting an MTV show. Hey. Have some respect for the music industry. He's, he's too yeah. fucked up to introduce the Libertines. What are we going to do? <laughs> um, he presented a show called Dance Floor Chart, which <laughs> toured nightclubs in Britain and Ibiza. That's... That's probably a pretty fun job if you're a drug addict guy. Yeah, Because you're going partying in these clubs. And a sex maniac. And a sex maniac. Uh, He was fired, though, after a year, uh, when after the September 11th attacks, he (laughs) showed up to work high and dressed as Osama bin Laden. All right. I mean, that's kind of, I don't know. Yeah. You know? In, I'm freedom of speech. Freedom of speech, exactly. I you don't know, agree with you, Russell. Freedom, but what what did it, what was that law that Nathan evaded on the dumb Starbucks thing? Freedom of parody. Right. That might be only in America, uh, but still, yeah. So the day, so September 12th, he showed up to MTV Studios mm. <laughs> on heroin, dressed like Osama bin Laden. <laughs> How well, did they know he wasn't just dressed up in one of his regular stupid costumes? <laughs> <wore>? Yeah. <laughs> that is a great point. Not the day after, but some point after. Okay. Um, Russell, how come you're not wearing your regular clothes? Where you wear a pirate shirt and some <laughs> leather pants, yeah. bracelets, your hair is all up in the air, and you've got mascara on. You know, your normal look. If you could get away with it, would you switch to the Russell look, flowing pirate shirts, long hair, a lot of jewelry? Sadly, that look has been poisoned by at least two men, Johnny Depp, now Russell Brand. Uh, and maybe that, yeah. uh, who's that Australian comedian who wrote Matilda, the uh, Tim, you know what I mean? Yeah, Minchin. Tim Roald Minchin. He's also, he also looks like a pirate. And the other yeah. author of Matilda, Roald Dahl, Roald Dahl the, also the famously king. had a lot of jewelry and oh, flowing shirts. Calling back way earlier to the uh, guy who got the standing ovation in the Canadian Parliament. Yeah. Uh, Roald Dahl was anti-Semitic. Yeah. Bummer, Damn, dude. I used to love those books. I know. Um, you don't want to know what BFG stands for. <laughs> <laughs> um, Big fucking giant. Okay. Um, well, yeah, you're right. Dressing like Osama bin Laden is actually more respectful than how Russell Brand dresses <laughs> regularly. 
It would be. I would love to imagine if, like, a few years from now, you know, the podcast keeps growing and we, we, we've become rich from it. And and we flash flash forward four years. I love this. And the three of us all now the the money has gotten to us, right? And we're all dressed like pirates. We all have <laughs> earrings and bracelets and leather yeah. pants. Wouldn't that be great? And we're all questioning the media, yeah, and, <laughs> and advertising. The, yes, yeah. yes. The media doesn't want me to be a libertine with no consequences. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. Dress. Yeah. We. I would love if we all dress like Nicolas Cage too. Mm. Like snake leather jackets and stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. The whole rock and roll thing. We got to do it. So after the whole Osama incident, Boy, uh, he, made, out, he made a documentary aimed that aimed to take a challenging look at cultural taboos. Whoa. It sounds very Russell. Right. He hosted Big Brother. He hosted a British chat show. Um, so he was announced as the host of the 2008 MTV Video Music Awards, which drew skepticism from the American media as he was pretty unknown to the American public at the time. His appearance led to controversy for numerous reasons. Sorry, I burped. He said the night, quote, marked the launch of a very new Britney Spears era, referring to it as the resurrection of Spears. He also said, if there was a female Christ, it's Britney. Britney implored the audience to elect Democratic presidential candidate Barack Obama and later called, uh, oh, sorry, I said that wrong. Russell Brand implored the audience to elect <laughs> Barack Obama and later called George W. Bush an R-tarded, to <laughs> quote myself, cowboy fella. But he didn't say R-tarded. He said the actual word cowboy fella. And that was the controversy? And that was controversial. And he also made fun of the Jonas Brothers purity rings. What the hell? No taboo is safe from this guy. Yeah. I know. He hey, got to hand it to him. He's got guts in that skinny little frame of his. Mm-hmm. And thanks for censoring the word. Yes. And, and <laughs> if you can decipher what word I'm trying, I'm alluding to, congrats. So he's just going off on George Bush, the Jonas Brothers. He's poking fun at Christ. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, he's yeah. These British guys come over here. Ricky Gervais. Yeah. Um, Russell Brand, and they just completely have no respect for institutions. So he, um, people were really upset by these VMAs, and Russell Brand got death threats from some viewers. George Bush wrote a death threat, like Russell Brand for. <laughs> yeah. Wow, I'm just picturing all these R-tarded cowboy fellas writing letters in their barn. <laughs> By candlelight, yeah. <laughs> while moves, while cows are mooing, moose. <laughs> Horses are neighing. I know, I know. Just let me write the letter. Yeah. We are not slow cowboy folk. Yeah, but um, this British fancy dandy man <laughs> hurt my feelings. Anyway, around this time, he did finally break into like American fame with the 2008 film Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Okay. I thought he was really funny in that. Yeah, I think I thought... I haven't seen that movie in a long time, but I think he, I thought it was really funny. His character was like kind of like a good continuous 
You knew it would be funny when he showed and up. And he's kind of making fun of his persona a little bit, I think. Like, he's uh, yeah, wasn't like, he like an actor or a rock star and he's stupid? That's the thing. He seems like a self-obsessed person who is also self-aware of being self-obsessed. He's, at least at this time, he kind of seemed like that. Yeah, I don't know what happened you during the pandemic. You also see Jason Segel's seagulls? Yeah, Penis seagulls. in the movie. You see Jason Segel's beagle. You do. <laughs> And it's just a little flaccid thing, too. It was kind of brave. Wow. You just see like a little yeah. dink. Yeah, it wasn't a huge rock-hard boner. No, it was just a little flippy. And dinky. like a bunch of women were having like kissing it and stuff, <laughs> which is That's the only right. way I would do it. <laughs> Chris, you're like, yeah, I will do full script nudity, ideas. But I've uh, got to have a boner and a bunch of women kissing it. Okay. I know I'm sad that Sarah Marshall just broke up with me, but... Wouldn't I have like three or four or five hot babes come to my apartment <laughs> and have an orgy with me? Um, these is, I don't think happened, but he was tied to other projects, including a remake of Drop Dead Fred and an Adam Sandler produced film about a con man posing as a priest tentatively titled Bad Father. Can you imagine Rob how Schneider bad end that up making that? Or <laughs> imagine how bad that movie would be. I like him in movies, but I hate how he always breaks the fourth wall and tells the audience to question everything. <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, also to subscribe to his podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you guys remember his incident with Andrew Sachs, aka Manuel from Faulty Towers? Yeah. No. Ooh. Okay. Here you go. In 2008, on the Russell Brand show, a radio show, him and Jonathan Ross uh, broadcast the recording of a series of lewd and mean phone messages that they left for the actor, Andrew Sachs, Manuel, uh, you might know him as. This included Jonathan Ross saying in the message um, that Russell Brand fucked your granddaughter because Russell Brand had dated... Andrew Sachs's granddaughter in real life. Well, great. But here's the thing. This mm. was on a TV show? Radio show. Oh, weird. Which is crazy because you think of like American shock jocks. I don't even think Howard Stern would call an old man and say yeah. someone fucked your granddaughter. Hey, Robin. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean. Let's tell, let's, uh, let's tell this guy we, we fucked his granddaughter. <laughs> yeah. It was a huge story. I remember I was like visiting and it was like in the news nonstop that like Manuel's family honor had been insulted. <laughs> and his character Manuel was like an insult yeah. to a whole Yeah, yeah like yeah. Andrew Sachs re responding character. This beloved racist character has been heartbroken by this uh, voicemail message. Well, Mike, are you are you pro uh, Russell in this one? I don't know what side to fall on, but uh, apparently, because Suze was telling me that because she lived there when it happened, Andrew Sachs then didn't speak to his granddaughter for like eight years or something. Ooh. So maybe he wasn't. Well, that's not her fault. Yeah. Hey. But at the same time, I do think it's a bit offside to I mean, it tell an old man that you did the nasty with his <laughs> grandchild. I mean, I yeah. mean well, of all people. <laughs> well, maybe. I fucked your grandchild. <laughs> <laughs> my heart <laughs> yeah also speaking of faulty towers john cleese lost his goddamn mind yeah what the hell's he is going like on? what is he 85 
You're not allowed to have a fake Spanish man anymore on TV. <laughs> I just sort of feel like we shouldn't pay attention to people after like 75. Yeah. Because you know what? That's my two cents. Unless they're being heinous. Well, I, I never like, I never have a, like, with an old person that says something a bit off color, I never like sit them down and try to teach them. Oh, right? Like I no. think that's like futile and like, self-serving to yourself like that's bizarre yeah but you're right they shouldn't tweet especially get their own show no that's about you know but i also i guess i also sometimes think unless it's really heinous which maybe in cases obviously it is it's not even worth would you sit down Euroslav hunka and tell him what he did was wrong (laughs) oh that's most people that say most people that say something like offensive and it's like out of time, out of touch. Mm. If you just let them stew in it, like they feel it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they feel ashamed. Like I think. And it's kind of a sense of a person that doesn't matter anymore. You know, <laughs> their opinion. It's sort of you know you don't listen to them anymore. Well, that being said, if you I'm... can't get a boner anymore, we don't care what you think. <laughs> oh damn right! I am holding out hope, even though I don't agree with John Cleese's views. I hold out hope that he will survive long enough to complete the reboot of Faulty Towers because I do want to see it. And I want to do a mini podcast where we review each episode of the rebooted Faulty Towers when it comes out, starring John Cleese and his daughter. <laughs> Heard his daughter's in it too? Yeah, you know, his famous daughter, the famous comedian and actress. Mother. <laughs> Back to Russell. So he, this was such a huge story. Yeah. Manuel Gate or whatever. That I think Jonathan Ross and Russell Brand both got fired. Yeah, from the the goddamn. The show. BBC was fined uh, one hundred fifty thousand pounds, and Brand resigned. Ross was suspended. Manuel had to take time off from the hotel. That's right, right. That's right, <laughs> Mr. Faulty. What's your favorite to- um, Faulty Towers episode? The psychiatrist. Uh-huh. There's the one where he thinks it's a uh, hotel inspector. There's a hotel inspector coming. Oh, and the rat? But he thinks it's the, it's the wrong Basil guy. Basil the rat. Oh, isn't that the one with the rat? Yeah. It must be, yeah. And then uh, he's, he offers a, a ch- he thinks he's offering a chocolate, and there's a rat in the chocolate box, and he goes, do you want a chocolate uh, or a rat? Or Every hotel owner's <laughs> worst fear. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so back to Russell. He... Um, briefly hosted a soccer radio show and wrote a column on soccer for The Guardian, focusing on West Ham. Mm-hmm. His first autobiography, My Bookie Wook, which <laughs> I hate. I hate yeah. that title. I always mm-hmm. have. I mean, I can't believe people, I guess, liked it. Well, That's pushing... him trying to be like, cute to young girls. Yeah, Bookie Wook. Oh, to me, it's him yeah. pushing the boundaries of what language can do. Oh, you're right. And also pushing the boundaries of taboos. <laughs> It was, a, it was his gleeful tales of drugs and debauchery and was so successful that three years later, he wrote Bookie Wook 2. Cool. We need more Bookie Wooks on this dying planet. Well, good point. Um, so as you were alluding to, Chris, yes, it seems in his earlier public days, he was very left-wing, kind of like a, a mix of left-wing plus a bit of conspiracy theory point of view, maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, He was selected by the Dalai Lama 
to host the Buddhist Leaders 2012 Youth Event in Manchester. Apparently the Dalai Lama sucked on Russell Brand's tongue. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently the Dalai Lama has bad taste in comedy. (laughs) Um, Right, the Dalai Lama's representative said that Brand was selected because he had proved that the power of spirituality... He had proved the power of spirituality to affect change in his own life. Apparently the Dalai Lama uh, met Russell Brand and looked him in the eye and lit some candles and they were sitting on cushions across from each other. And there was a long silence. And then the Dalai Lama opened his eyes and looked at Russell Brand and he said, My son, I really loved my bookie wook. <laughs> it brings great joy and peace and harmony to every young woman who reads it and thinks you're cute. <laughs> <laughs> um, when asked about the event, Russell said, I said yes because he's the living incarnation of Buddha. And I thought, if you're around the Dalai Lama, that can only be good for your spiritual quest through life. So how about that? Hmm. Makes Bra- me feel shitty yeah. about my life. He's uh, Maybe you'll get to this, but he's like, yeah, he had like a broadly sort of left-wing progressive persona but he also was like don't vote at a certain point. i am getting to that oh, okay. yes oh yeah um i'll just mention he, he so he was like he told the bbc you have to be open to 9-11 conspiracy theories and then exactly which is you know a bit <laughs> weird and then exactly as you say mike in 2014 he, he was, so he's getting more and more into political activism and he suggested not voting as a kind of activism and i don't know why the article pointed this out but johnny rotten said that was the most idiotic thing he's ever heard (laughs) i don't know why we got his point of view on it but we did two punky guys in 2014 a YouGov poll involving a selection of celebrities said that brand had the most negative influence on the political debate i love the idea of like every time some political statement is blasted in the uk Everybody turns their head to see what Johnny Rotten's going to (laughs) say. Yeah. Johnny, Johnny, what do you think of Brexit? Um, It's funny because, like, anyone who was a fan of his, if he had been like, you should vote, they probably would have voted, like, Labour. But all of his millions of fans just heard the message, like, don't vote. So I'm sure that That is like, like, I can't imagine the argument for how that is going to help. Greedy, like, populist government uh, official, anyone like wants them to not vote too. Yeah. That's the thing. Like you're by not, by getting huge swaths of people to not vote. Well, the whole thing in the States were giving like terrible. uh, Yeah. In the States where there's certain places where it's so difficult to vote and they're lining up for hours. Yeah. And it's places where, you know, at least Republicans don't want them to vote. Um, so as you alluded to, Chris, it seemed like COVID tilted his political point of view a bit. Um, during COVID, his YouTube channel kind of had this change in political direction and he was accused of promoting COVID denial and conspiracy theories. Um, according to culture reporter, Lewis Chilton, his videos were usually framed with some sort of contrarian take or calling out hypocrisy in the mainstream media and often hints at a vague, world-altering conspiracy. And I feel like we saw that a lot in COVID, like Joe Rogan a little bit like this too, although I guess he was always kind of right-wing, but 
guys who you could say were basically left wing, but a bit um, outside the box in some kind of weird way. COVID, it seems, turned a lot of them over to um, more of a right wing stance. And I guess it's Mm -hmm. like associating getting vaccines and the rules with some sort of authoritarianism in their mind. And COVID weirdly made left wing, like hardcore left wing, not cool because the left wing people just turned into the chastisers of the people who were skeptical about government Mm -hmm. like coming down hard and forcing the vaccines and stuff which is weird because it is true like if you want to be like a punk and you want to be cool you don't don't like don't do everything the government says but this was a weird time where like science was telling us too and the government actually didn't know what to do and they're being bossed around by scientists who knew what was going on at least a little bit but so the left you know they made it not cool by chastising everybody who wasn't who was even just going like i don't know the dialogue was really dumb because so then right wing came became cool for these narcissists who just wanted to get the biggest rebellion from the yeah the standard line that everyone yeah also, I wanted to say, because I left X a while ago, it's just not for me anymore, you understand? I do. <laughs> but, like, does anyone talk about Joe Rogan anymore? I have no idea. Right? I mean, I'm sure it's still that? very popular. Okay. But I don't know. It's not the same, though. No, like, I... Like, remember the deal with Spotify and stuff? Yeah, it was like hundreds of millions Neil of dollars. Neil Young took his... Uh, a whole discography <laughs> I, off. I do admit, like in the 2010s, if he'd have like an alien guy on or like a a ridiculous like um, cryptic zoologist on or something, like it would be funny to hear yeah. the stupid guy talk to like a guy about the Bigfoot or something. Yeah. But at COVID, it became just about like anti-vax and um, you had to smoke a cigar and drink whiskey. Trudeau is like a real an, person. Kim Jong Il or something like it's oh, really God. stupid and unlistenable. So where is he now? But I I don't know. I assume he's still really popular. Yeah, probably because he kind of platformed and he's not Huberman. dominating the airwaves. I don't know if that's true. Like or it, dominating like the media like he used to. I think like, his I podcast know. is still like the number one yeah. podcast. And everybody oh, okay. he platforms yeah. becomes okay. like he 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 started Huberman is like his doctor. Huberman Phil. Lab. I always see that's like yeah, and that's number a huge, two podcast. huge podcast. Yeah. A man, Hello, I am Huberman. <laughs> yeah. He's okay. Like, Joe Rogan's like uh the Oprah for our uh, you know, our time where she created Doctor Oz, Doctor Phil. Yeah. Joe Rogan's creating all these doctors. I know it's like silly, but I actually think that is kind of true. He is like a weird male <laughs> Oprah figure for bros. Yeah. I just mean like he was dominating. He's on the tip of everyone's tongue for like a good solid two years. But I guess that was when we were all living inside, living vicariously through our computers and our phones. And he was, you know promoting ivermectin and stuff ivermectin or whatever you know and like yeah. anything like that i guess he did so I, it was court just like more controversy in covid time. covid times that's what it was yeah i don't know it's a weird time it felt like the dialogue was sort of dumb on in a way on on both ends because a lot of the reactionary like anti-vax stuff was just obviously idiotic but then it did feel like we became a bit black and white and non-nuanced in talking about it too like that's the thing that's so what i'm saying like and, and then it yeah both sides were like starting to become grading to 
sort of reasonable people who are like, fucking shut the fuck up. But mm. I just want to say, uh, and yes, I'm saying I'm a reasonable person. If anyone listens and they disagree, no, no sweat. Have fun. But the thing is, is uh, the conspiracy theorists always say, follow the money. Okay. Like, I would say Russell Brand's change to conspiracy nuts happened after Joe Rogan got the huge uh, public, publicly announced payday from Spotify. And let me add on to that point. Um, once, uh, sort of during COVID, Russell Brand's weekly views on his show, YouTube show, rose from around 500,000 in November 2020 to about 14 million in March 2022. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Wow. Yeah. He's like Che Guevara and Jesus Christ all yeah. in one. And that obviously is like him talking about being skeptical of a lot of COVID stuff. Now, yeah. there's also another factor here that some people are talking about that what we're going to get to, these allegations were rumors apparently for years in the entertainment industry in Britain. And some people think he may have pivoted to like conspiracy theory, question everything as a sort of uh, yeah. preem- ah. preemptive move. So that when these stories broke, maybe he could be like, "See, it's you know, question yeah, everything." You're a truth teller. Really if you're the, if you're a one who's brave enough to go out there and be the truth teller, they're always going to find a way to try and and Trump kind of cast that. you in a dark light and throw mud on you and drag you down, right? And that's what they're doing to him right now. It doesn't matter what Trump does because he just says it's a lie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's a good. That's interesting. It would. I require, mean, there'd be a lot of foresight. It's a lot of foresight. Years of it, but uh, it is. Something people are talking about. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so in September 21, Brand told people attending his tour how they could bypass COVID safety measures. <laughs> um, in 22... COVID measures? <laughs> in 22, Brand reacted to the WHO's meetings on the pandemic treaty saying your democracy is fucking finished and that the world had lapsed into a terrible technocratic globalist agenda. Globalist. That's the kind of thing that uh, Alex Jones uh, is always going on about globalists. Hmm. You know how organized you have to have to be to have a globalist agenda with other people and make it functionally work? Like, nobody's that organized. Everybody who's got any power is absolutely fucking insane. And like, <laughs> a globalist government doesn't sound that bad to me. You don't need a passport to travel. You want to go to the Caribbean? I'd love to go to uh, Lisbon. <laughs> the Caribbean is the thing you think of. Yeah. <laughs> it's easy. Just get, hop on a flight. No customs. Just march through the dark spend, gray corridors spend to the Caribbean. Spend January down there. The globalist it, government. Yeah. It'd be great. Some leader, you know, he lives in Brussels or something, whatever. Start swimming in the Caribbean Sea now. <laughs> you have Yes, Corporal. Mi- yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Why is the giant in, eye in the sky watching me swim? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, snorkel around the corner. Your swimming reef. trunks are coming down, James. Oh, thank you, <laughs> Corporal. <Yeah. laughs> Don't want to be rude. <laughs> you didn't put any sunscreen on the barcode on your neck. <laughs> are you trying to burn it off? Uh, I mean, it, uh, it doesn't sound that bad. Caribbean to me. does sound beautiful. I think we can all agree. Uh, well, um, without question. Um, 
What kind of globalist one world order, new world order would you like? What kind of government? Um, interesting. I mean, you know, uh, I think the rich rich people should pay more taxes and there should be better social safety nets mm-hmm. and free health care for all and I think yeah. free college too. So if they implemented that and it was, you know, mm-hmm. no borders, sounds fine to me. Mm-hmm. I like that. My version of that would be all of that, what you said, mm-hmm. but in everyone's home is an armed soldier to keep you in line. <laughs> yeah. There's got to be some rules. <laughs> so, so there's like... A billion soldiers. <laughs> well, good work. Uh, you know, good for the job I'm market. I'm the... Uh, what do you do for a living? I'm the soldier of 92 Henderson Avenue. <laughs> <laughs> it's just an old lady. They were really <laughs> acting up last night. I didn't get much sleep. <laughs> it's just an old lady. She gets drunk and I have sex with her. <laughs> oh, God. Technically, it's not allowed, but, uh, you know, yeah. corruption. Uh, any port in the storm. <laughs> Oh, thank you, soldier, my guardian. <laughs> um, hey, this is relevant to a, a very popular Evil Men clip. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brand released a video decrying the media for uh, ignoring the Canadian convoy protests. Wow. So he was pro-trucker. Yeah, and I bet they love his body of work as well. <laughs> All those people. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, we love Bucky Wuck, eh? Yeah. Fuck Trudeau. Who here loves uh, Forgotten Sarah Marshall? <laughs> beep, beep, beep. Uh, <laughs> we listen to the Russell Brown show on BBC Online. Hold on, everybody. Listen up. The gay guy's talking about <laughs> us again. <laughs> Trudeau must resign. Also, we think it's so funny that this guy had sex with Manuel's granddaughter. <laughs> um. This feminine fella <laughs> speak the, the truth. <laughs> There's no way they knew who Russell Brand was. Yeah. Um, uh, unless they bought a weird DVD from the gas station once. And was like, <laughs> what the hell's this about? Get get him to the Greek? It is weird he's so famous. Like, he wasn't in that many movies, I think. No. Was the, he's was, just a personality. Was Get Him to the Greek probably his most famous one or Forgetting yeah, Sarah Marshall? Was that Marshall? with them? I think mm, it's Forgetting Sarah Marshall. I think it's Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Was Get Him to the Greek him and uh, Seth Rogen? No, uh, the Joan, other guy. Jonah Hill. Oh, yeah, Jonah Hill. He's a dink, too. I, right. I always thought, once jo- I'm sorry to say this, once Jonah Hill started looking cool, he's got his tattoos and his earrings and all this, I'm like, you know what? I bet you're a dink. You know, know what I'm saying? I, I mean, it's Chris wrong Pratch. for me to, to, I guess, resent his decision yeah. to become a cool guy. But, as you know, I feel like when you're a comedian, you kind of embrace yeah. not necessarily being the cool guy. Yeah, that's how you stay funny. So the thing is, is the two stars of Get Him to the Greek are shitty to ladies? Yeah. Damn, dude. What the fucking hell? I'm throwing that DVD in the trash and lighting it on fire. And pissing on it. Pissing on it to put the fire out. Um, I love that DVD. I bring it back in the house. (laughs) Just kidding. I don't own that DVD. I'm a Criterion Collection man. Um... Call me when the guys from Rafifi get canceled. <laughs> <laughs> James? You know what's funny? Speaking of DVDs, <laughs> we, Ebony and I were like 
we've been we have fun watching like '90s blockbusters sometimes, you know. And we were like, you know, what? we should watch The Abyss. And Ebony's like, I've never seen The Abyss. The Abyss is awesome. And guess what? What you can't find that fucker on any streaming site anywhere. And so, like, what? we made a really sort of can you impulse. rent it on Apple? No. So you we bought made the it, DVD. Bought a DVD on Amazon. Like it's worth it. by at like midnight. It's worth it. Yeah. It's fucking awesome. Good movie. Yeah. Mr. Cameron, if you're listening, get that movie on the streamers. It's crazy. You can't find it now. Mr. Cameron, tear down those walls <laughs> between us and the Abyss DVDs. <laughs> I thought you were going to say the only way you can get a copy of the Abyss is by getting in a submarine and going to the bottom of the ocean floor and then retrieving a pile that he left. Oh. We should have known. When he made the abyss that this guy's going submarine crazy. <laughs> Did you hear him diss the submersible that imploded? Yeah, yeah. No. Yes. He was on the news being like, yeah. this guy didn't know what the fuck he's doing. Sucks shit. Me and my friends make better submersibles with our eyes closed. That's You know what? I mean, it's probably too late now to be that interesting, but... I mean, James the, Cameron, Canadian. Well, the pilot of the submarine arguably could be an evil man subject. I mean, totally. He, he ignored he, every safety precaution and yeah. warning multiple, multiple times. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. His submersible looked like if my uncle Bill put some carpeting down in the back of his van. <laughs> <laughs> it really did look like, yeah, the back of a fucking van and he had a PlayStation controller. Yeah, yeah. I was surprised there wasn't like a... He probably has another screen with like Crash Bandicoot <laughs> going. Or like, I was surprised there wasn't like a Shaquille O'Neal like poster on taped to the side. <laughs> like it just looked like a kid's like hangout oh, God. room. God. Yeah. <laughs> Can you guys breathe? Not really. It's stuffy in here. Well, here we go. Also, <laughs> the whole trip, the whole trip was like you go, <laughs> you go down for like six hours or something. You don't see anything, and then you, yeah, and then you peer out a little peephole, and you see a bit of the Titanic, and you go back up for six hours. Yeah. I mean, that sucks. Yeah, and you spend like two hundred thousand dollars. I don't even think you can take a shit. You can. Now relax, everybody. If we play our cards right, we probably won't die. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but did you hear, like, even when you surface, you need someone from the outside to open it for you. Oh, God. Yeah. That sounds so awful. when they hadn't found the imploded bits yet to to uh, prove it, the, they were thinking it could be still, like, way, way down the map because obviously, you know, the waves and the current of the ocean can take you, like, so far, so fast. Yeah. So they had literally no idea where it could have popped up. Oh. But it still could have been floating there, running out of oxygen still, because they can't open it themselves. Oh. And I'm going to do Mike's trick, too, and crush my Diet Coke can, too, in solidarity. Mm-hmm. That's exactly <laughs> the sound it may have made. Dad, you know I would rather go to space than do that. That sounds horrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of, honestly... I'm pretty chill about most things, but I think for sure I'm claustrophobic. Oh, me too. I need access to fresh air. I freak out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll go to space when they make a huge, big spaceship that has nice fresh air or like a balcony yeah. or like a window. Mm-hmm. And all of space is fresh air. <laughs> <laughs> and it's summer. That would be amazing. Oh, they make nice all awesome of space. They make all of space like blue like the sky and you can breathe. Yeah, I would love that. That would be good. I would, I love, would love it. Anyway, let's get back <laughs> no, to... No, no, one more digression. Please. Speaking of space, mm-hmm. 
Futurama's back on Stars or something like that, and mm-hmm. they play it, they stream it, the new season eleven on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. And I gotta say, I am a old school big fan of Futurama. I don't know what they're doing with it anymore. Mm. Kind of uh, not that funny. Too bad. There's about three or four good gags that grab me out of ten episodes. Have you seen the new the clip of the new Rick and Morty where it's like a new voice doing Rick and Morty? But I thought they absolved that guy from what he was accused of. Mm, I think it's I think he's out. Um, Justin uh, Royland or something. Royland, and it's a new voice, but it sounds identical. Okay. Yeah. Well, good for you, Rick and Morty fans. Yeah. I love the. uh, That's Rick and Morty fans just imploding. I love the. uh, I love how Rick and Morty's jokes are always meta jokes about how to write a script. Yes. <laughs> um, so, yes. Um, Brand was accused of following Joe Rogan down the rabbit hole of online misinformation, pandering to anti-vaccine movement, and spreading pro-Russian conspiracy theories about Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Some accused him of. Hmm. Elon Musk defended Brand saying, oh, I nice. watched some of his videos. Ironically, he seemed more balanced and insightful than those condemning him. The group think among major media companies is more troubling. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so Brand has been diagnosed with ADHD, okay. bipolar, oh. bulimia, and pornography addiction. Um, hmm. He was a, a self proclaimed sex addict in his life Yes, as well. and a sex addict. Yeah. yeah, drug addict, sex addict. And we also for, forgot to mention he was married briefly to Katy Perry. Yep, yeah, I got that here. He he uh, was married to Katy oh. Perry, divorced a year later. Hmm. Um, Did she divorce him because he was a sex addict? He divorced her over text, and she said that uh, he didn't like her the idea of her being the boss of things. Hmm. He did, however, marry her without a prenup. Sorry, prenuptial agreement, mm-hmm. and he could have claimed half of. The forty-four million dollars she earned while they were together, but he didn't. So I guess that was nice. Hmm, um, Brand has described the concept of fame as like ashes in his mouth. Yeah, right. You <laughs> love being famous. Mm-hmm. You literally can't stop talking to a camera. No, he has been training since twenty sixteen in the martial art of Brazilian jiu-jitsu. <laughs> I listened to a really interesting <laughs> podcast it, called Pablo Torre Finds Out. And I really, uh, a sports guy I really like. And in the episode, he talked about why so many tech bros are obsessed with MMA and like martial arts and particularly Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. And it was really interesting because, um, I guess it's a way for people who are physically diminutive to overpower anyone. And like, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Oh, yeah. And when the UFC started, you had these big dudes doing all this kind of fighting, and there was this family from Brazil called the Gracie family, and they were... Royce Gracie? Exactly. Yeah. And and he was like a smaller dude, but he would win. He would destroy this like smaller, not huge dude because he he had this method of martial arts that could overcome anything. And so the episode was interesting because you have all these like tech nerds, and they get obsessed with... (laughs) jujitsu because you know they could beat up the bully or they couldn't stop the you know what i mean for sure yeah um that yeah he was the star when mma was just blown up ufc ultimate fighting yeah. championship yeah 
Yeah. Me and my friends used to watch that in high school. Yeah, it was really like um yeah. like rough around the edges back in the old days. Yeah, that's when grappling would last for twenty minutes and you're yeah. like, Okay, boys, wrap her up. <laughs> <laughs> We've seen enough of that. Not officially wrap her up, but <laughs> um okay. Moving on. Now we get to Russell's problematic stuff. Extra problematic. So right up to yeah. this point, mostly just that he's a dink, kind of, right? Generally. Yeah. And, but there have been a number of accusations of sexual harassment. In 2006, Danny Minogue accused Brand of sexual harassment after she appeared on his TV show. She described him as a bit of a vile predator, adding, I don't think he's cured his sex addiction and he wouldn't take no for an answer. Um, in 2007, on Brand's BBC radio show, he called Jimmy Savile, who's notably not a great guy, and asked to meet him. Savile answered that he would only meet him if Brand brought along his sister if he had one. In response, Brand joked, I've got a personal assistant, and part of her job description is that anyone I demand she greet, meet, massages, she has to do it. She's very attractive, Jimmy. When Savile asked what she should wear, uh, when he asked Savile what she would wear, Savile replied he would prefer her to wear nothing. This guy was like a beloved children's performer or something (laughs) before he got I don't really know the Jimmy Savile story that much because it seems too gross. I mean, you you wouldn't expect Mr. Dress Up to say this. You know what I'm saying? Nor Rogers. Was he a comedian? No, he had been a DJ and then a TV host of like Top of the Pops, the like the weekly chart. Oh, he hosted, and that. he died before any kind of reckoning. Just right? Just before it happened, yeah. And, Jesus. And then he hosted a show called Jim Will Fix It, where it was like a sort of like a Make a Wish show, where kids would write letters about their like wildest dreams, and then he would make their dream come true, like. Uh, Something like, you know, I want to fly an airplane and he would take them in the thing with the pilot or like someone wanted to like walk the streets where Jesus walked. So they went on a trip to like <laughs> Jerusalem. No offense. But it was, he was with kids kid. all the time. Oh, so it was God. kids that he was yeah. fucking around with. Yes. Good, good. And t- like pre-teens, like adolescents. Gross. Yeah. Um, Gross. And maybe Dead Bodies is hinted in the Netflix documentary as well. Okay. Really? We're sorry, oh, guys. The There's a lot God. of triggering stuff Jesus. in this episode. Yeah, I apologize. Um, we'll barrel through the. He last was a good friend of uh, Prince Charles and King Charles, and they uh, had a very close relationship. Is that true? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, we'll barrel through this unpleasant. What is in the basement of the fucking Buckingham Palace? It's not a fucking boiler and laundry machines. <laughs> Tell you that, like at my place. Um, in. Uh, in, t- in 2019, the Sunday Times began inquiries after being made aware of allegations of sexual misconduct. So on the 16th of September, 2023, allegations were published uh, in the Times from five women, four anonymously, accusing Brand of sexual assault and emotional abuse. Um, the women uh, alleging abuse were aged as young as 16 at the time of the abuse when Brand was 31. These women who do not know each other uh, have chosen to remain anonymous in fear of public harassment. Um, These women felt compelled to speak out given Brand's newfound prominence as an online wellness influencer. Mm. Brand responded with a video denying the serious criminal allegations, saying his relationships have always been consensual. Right. He preempted, so like the night before... 
the story broke, he released like a short video mm. saying like, you're about to hear some things about me. Don't believe them. Did They're he? not true. Yeah. It's like uh, when John Gameshi did that Facebook oh, post yeah, just yeah. before that stuff broke about him. And so there had been rumors for years about Russell Brand's behavior behind the scenes. And uh, there was an incident where the Canadian comedian Catherine Ryan, they had been hosting like the UK version of like a roast battle show. And on camera, she made like a joke, to a comment to him about like his behavior. And it was taken, it was edited out of the really? episode. And apparently he was like furious about it. But this has been like an open secret for like years. God. Shit. It is. I am glad we're in an era when these open secrets seem to be exposed. Whereas like in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, zeros, it just wasn't. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Well, damn. (laughs) That's Russell. So yeah. So now he's apparently uh, more women are coming forward and the police have launched a investigation wow so he could be in real real trouble could be yeah um it feels like that never it never happens that way when a celebrity although i guess cosby cosby and weinstein weinstein yeah johnny depp one didn't was was he he didn't have multiple accusations it was was amber just it was one specifically uh with his marriage to amber heard yeah yeah damn man. but yeah he could be in real trouble Russell Brand. Bloody hell. But he has since, like this past week, he released like another episode of his t- his YouTube show, Rumble show or whatever, and he was like, question the media, question why mmm. why do you think these allegations are coming out now? He's Yeah, because you're... He's saying that he's too close to the truth and that the media and like the global government are trying to qu- like, shut him down because he's a threat to their interests or something. And what his, his is fans, the truth? Just like everything... The whole internet's divided between people who are like, we believe him, we believe him, women are liars, and everyone else who's like, sounds like he's an awful guy. And like, he's going to prove the truth about what? Like vaccines being dumb or something? Like, God, yeah, what does he know? What does yeah. he know that's so yeah. threatening? Yeah, like, he knows about aliens or You something? might as well say it now, because he has... <laughs> yeah, say you know, it. Yeah. Might as well. You got to keep subscribing to... Wait yeah. one day he'll if tell us the truth. If you want to join the Patreon, patreon.com slash evil men. The truth is I have a unfilmed script. Get him to the Greek too. <laughs> that was unfilmable because <laughs> it got too close to the truth. <laughs> Man. Well, yeah, that's Russell. Russell. You know what? We're actually not going to utilize the evilometer uh, this episode because... The story's still ongoing, and uh, there's more allegations coming out, and very heinous allegations that uh, are gross and shocking, and uh, so we don't know the end of the story of this yet, so we'll just put the uh, evilometer on ice, and uh, out of respect for the people who are speaking up, uh, we'll keep an eye on uh, what's happening in the news, just like y'all should. Well, thanks so much for your research, James, on that guy. This is a hard podcast to yeah. do because we're comedians and we're trying to be funny, but then we're also empathetic people who care about the world. I hope that comes across as well. Uh, would love to have a joke right now. Next time, I'm... to be a bit more upbeat, I'll do Paul Pot. 
<laughs> yeah, let's have fun next time. Just do Pol Pot. All right, guys. That was another great episode of... This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. So